Good evening. I'm Danny Lee. Please welcome to the stage the director of Bleed for This, Ben Younger. Uh, I brought uh, some friends, uh, Miles Teller and Aaron Eckhart. How are we, gentlemen? Great. We're doing well. Wow, unanimous. That's yeah, fantastic. we're all doing great. So let me ask you all three of you a question at first, which is, did all of you come to the film as boxing fans, or did, in fact, any of you come to the film as boxing fans? Uh, I've always in, yeah, enjoyed the sport, um, was unaware of, of Vinny. I kind of, you know, wasn't really big in my household, and growing up, those fights usually were on pay-per-view, so I felt like if your dad wasn't getting them, you didn't, you didn't see it. Uh, but uh, currently, I mean, I'm a huge, really big MMA fan. I, you know, I, I can see the the technique and the martial art of it, I don't see it as kind of this barbaric slugfest. Sure. Aaron? Yeah, I like boxing. Um, I uh, started boxing a little bit uh, 20 years ago when I, you know, you have to be in shape for movies. And so I said, if I'm going to be in shape for a movie, I'm going I'm to learn a skill. And I took up boxing. And so on and off over the years, I've, I've boxed and I, I love the sport. Um, Are you still boxing at the moment? I'll... Yeah, I okay. do everything in my... You want me to show you my workout? No, I'm just going to keep. I'm keeping a distance. You, no, I mean, you guys do what you need to do. I'm just going to stay with it. No, but it, it helped in the movie because obviously, you know, when we're working together in the film and doing the mitts and training and stuff like that, it really it pays off, you know, because it, it it felt real and we were really in the zone when we were making it. Sure. Ben, how about you? I've become one, uh, I, but I, no, I wasn't a huge fan prior. What's interesting is we didn't talk a lot about boxing in our initial meetings, which I never really considered until just now, because I didn't even know what, how you were going to answer that question. Um, but since, yeah, hanging out with Vinny Paz, hanging out with Freddie Roach, guys who, who helped us understand this world, I be, I've become one, yeah. So tell me about this, where this story starts for you in that case, because obviously I mean, <coughs> the Vinny Paz story is kind of late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, uh, it's a strangely unknown story in the States or worldwide, considering I didn't embellish at all. What you just saw was entirely true. He did break his neck in two places, actually. Uh, in fact, we had to pull back in many places. He started working out five days after the halo went on, but I thought audiences would not believe that, so I suggested it was like a month later. The guy's an animal. <laughs> um, but uh, it started with uh, a guy named Chad Verity, who's actually here tonight. He's a childhood friend of Vinny's. Um, he wanted to tell Vinny's story, had always wanted to, and never had sort of found the right combination. And he and I, we just clicked. I wrote a script uh, that, that started at a different vantage point than a different point in time than maybe others had. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Here I mean, you, you directed a couple of very well-received films, Boiler Room and then Prime, and that's 2000 and 2005. And then there's a period where you're, you're doing other things. You're not directing, you're writing, you're working on other Yeah, it's just 12 years. Stuff. It's not like it's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> a little 12 years. So I wonder, was there a kind of an echo with that idea that Vinny, you know, Vinny is suddenly not doing the thing that he feels like he's born to do? Yeah, uh, interestingly, I, this is the first movie I've directed that I didn't start out thinking I would direct. I took it as a writing assignment. Uh, I thought I would take some money from Chad and then uh, go home and then figure out something else to direct. Uh, and then as I started writing, I realized that there were parallels between mine and Vinny's story. So if you don't make a movie in Hollywood for 10 years, that's a proverbial broken neck. And as I started to realize how much it affected Vinny to be told over and over that it wasn't going to happen, as soon as I made that personal connection, I, I realized, oh, OK, I can. Because if you're going to direct it, that's another year and a half. It's that much more blood, guts, and tears. And on this movie, there was a lot of that. Uh, we, we killed ourselves on this film, so you really better love the material. 
I mean, the one person who's not here tonight clearly is Vinny, and I wondered, actually, for all three of you, how much Vinny was a presence in pre-production and then on the set. Uh, yeah, I guess I, because I played Vinny, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, yeah, you know, I thought um, during the pre-production of it and when I was kind of, you know, I got cast in March and then we ended up filming in, in November. And so I had about seven months. I had to film two movies in between. But I, uh, yeah, I purposefully didn't want to meet uh, Vinny necessarily. A, I think I was very embarrassed uh, and nervous about portraying this guy that once you start to learn about his journey and what he was able to achieve. Uh, yeah, I, I was just, you know, I, I, very nervous about it. And I didn't want him to meet me as I was like working on his accent or as I was first starting to box because I was just like, this guy's gonna be very uh, upset that I was cast uh, to play him. <laughs> so I, um, and then when I first started out, I just listened to a lot of audio tapes. I wanted to kind of get his voice down, but I didn't want to uh, associate those with mannerisms, so I just listened to radio interviews, uh, and then I started watching uh, video, and then I started getting more comfortable, and I got a letter in the mail from Vinny, and it was a signed photo of himself, and it said, uh, Miles, uh, put a banana in your undies if you have to make it look bigger. <laughs> Don't F up my reputation, kid. No joke, but seriously, much love, Vinny Paz. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so that was sweet. <laughs> and then, and then uh, yeah, I mean, anytime you're playing a real person, you know, they, a lot of time they kind of want to be on set. And Ben asked me, he said, you know, do you want Vinny on set? And I, I was like, you know, I don't know. But once we got down there and, you know, with Aaron just coming in, full Rooney and, uh, you know, Kieran Hines coming in and, and transforming and Katie Seagal and all the characters. And you could just tell, man, everyone was so invested uh, in this man's life and everyone just came in with such, um, you know, emotion and passion for these characters that, that uh, yeah, I was like, bring Vinny on. I want to kind of, in a weird way, show him his life like 30 years ago in some weird way. Um, but yeah, the, the scene where I'd bench press with the halo on, that was a scene where I said, please have Vinny on set because I don't know how to do it. I just logistically don't know how you would, you know, shuffle onto the bench and, uh, and do that. So he was around, but he was very, he was very bored with the, like making a movie. He, it was he not didn't very understand, exciting to He didn't understand that you light for six hours for every three minutes of shooting. So he showed up, he's like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, we're doing it. We're just lighting <laughs> yeah. and there's sound and there's <laughs> costume. I'm getting my hair done. And he's like, I'm getting out of here. I'll yeah, see you later. Yeah. It's the thing about, because boxes, it's all about adrenaline in the moment, and then, yeah, movie sets. Boring. Yeah. But how about Kevin Rooney, Aaron? Because Kevin Rooney, I mean, obviously, people will know about Vinny Paz, but Kevin Rooney in boxing circles is also a legendary figure. Yeah, he is a legendary. Tyson. I well, mean, so were was, you working with, with him as well? Well, I couldn't. Unfortunately, he was in the hospital the entire time we were making the film. Um, I think he's suffering from dementia. Okay. And um, so I was not able to visit with him. And I don't even know if Kevin has seen the movie. Um, ben, has he? Yeah, he hasn't seen the film. Um, but per, um, you know, having, you know, Vinny on the set, Vinny is, as Ben said, he's an animal. He is a ball of energy, and he's so infectious. You know, so, you know, here Miles is, you know, doing his thing, and, you know, um, when Vinny comes to set, I mean, everybody just, I mean, he's our resource. 
he's the, this is his story, so we get to ask him questions. What was it like when you and Kevin did this, or what was this, or what was it like when you got in the ring? And he would tell us amazing stories, and then Miles could use that, and we could all uh, put that into the film. So it, he was an asset in that respect, for me anyway. Um, and, uh, you know, I, he loved having the movie made of him. Sure. Yeah. That's true. I hadn't thought of that because Aaron had no access to, to I didn't, Kevin. I didn't realize. Our yeah, he had none. I mean, the guy's been in the hospital for years now. His son is, was helpful, but, but unlike Miles, who had some interaction with, with Vinny, uh, Aaron just had tape. Um, yeah. I was going to say, because I've seen those, I've seen video of Kevin yeah. Rooney, and, I mean, you capture... Yeah, I mean, I did, as Miles said with, with, with Vinny, you know, or, yeah, with Vinny, I, you know, YouTube and all, it's just an invaluable source, and, you know, you, we have all the tapes and, and going over it, and that was very helpful. And those are not easy accents. I, I, they're so specific. Miles' accent is not just Rhode Island, it's Providence. Like, there's such small differences, but that people are from those areas will notice, and then Rooney's is even stranger because it's half New Jersey, half Staten Island, half New York. Like and they've all had their nose broken. And they've all had their noses broken. Yeah, very hard to get that far. Right? Yeah. I mean, Miles, it's a very obvious question, but I feel I need to ask it anyway. In terms of what you were doing physically, that kind of transformation, mm -hmm. I mean, tell us a little, if that was a transformation, I don't know, maybe you've got that going on all the time. Uh, I don't know, he does not. No, okay. I, I, I would. <laughs> So please tell this us. Guy. <laughs> uh, neither does he, by the way. But no, I, uh, I guess I would always, I kind of rebelled against that. I always hated, you know, early on in my career when I'd be on set and some guy would be doing push, you know, an actor my age, but he's doing push-ups in the corner or he's worried about his, like, his tan and all these things. I think I kind of purposefully, uh, maybe I was just lazy, but I was like, my character doesn't need to be in shape. Uh, he, unless you show my guy at the gym, uh, I'm, not gonna, I'm not coming in in shape. Uh, for this, obviously different, and when I got cast, I was 188 pounds and like 19% body fat, which, some laughs, eh? I, uh, <laughs> oh, it's funny, I, I, I refer to it as like funny friend shape, I was kind of the sidekick in a lot of movies, letting the attractive dude do his thing and then you know, have some scenes, uh, but uh, yeah, by the time we filmed, I was down to like 168 pounds and 6% body fat, and then... Vinny jumps up, you know, two classes and then three classes. So I went from 168 pounds to then 183 pounds in like, you know, two and a half weeks. But it, it's tough. I mean, if they tell you, like, if, as a fighter, if you can do anything in this world, if you're interested in anything else other than fighting, pursue that. Because <laughs> fighting for a living is hard, and why would you ever want to do it? So it's, uh, you know, the, these guys, and usually guys fight because they have nothing else. And it's a very... Um, yeah, it's rewarding, and it's, I was, like, really, you know, excited to kind of push myself in, in a physical arena that I, I hadn't done before, but it was, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's hard work. Sure. And Aaron, I mean, I guess the same thing applies to you, really. You're making a physical transformation as well. It's just you're kind of going in the opposite direction, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they meet at a time in their lives where, I mean, uh, I had just lost my relationship with Tyson, uh, you know, um, Vinny had just been told by his promoter that he would never, you know, he should give it up. So we're, we were at the top, now we're at the bottom. And I think the weight and that sort of thing is a psychological reflection of where I was and where, well, actually Kevin was. He started drinking too much, gambling. He was, I think, a little bit negligent with his family and getting in some, in some problems. And that's where we find him and that's where we pick up this comeback story, you know, the um, making the, po the impossible possible. So I think the weight in 
in, in uh, Miles's case, obviously, is necessary to show us, you know, who this guy is in the same way with, with Kevin. Um, and it helped me as an actor to get into that frame of mind. Um, uh, so I'm very, very happy to have made those efforts. I'm going to add one thing. It's usually on a film like this, you'd have sufficient funds to hire the right people. And we did. We had very good people, but we didn't have the amount of time or the amount of staff that you would <coughs> sort of safely take two people through this kind of physical transformation. So a lot of this was done on their own, sort of on their own accord. So to gain that kind of weight and lose that kind of weight in four weeks, five weeks can be very dangerous. Um, and for Aaron to do what he did, the point is that we sort of, we were very scrappy on this thing. We had $6 million. There was no money to hire, you know, and have eight months of training to get everyone together. So there's that old sort of adage about how a movie ends up looking like the way that it's shot, and that's very much the case. These guys just had to do all this on their own. And in terms of once that, those <clears throat> physical transformations have been made and you're in the ring, I mean, obviously, there's a lot more going on than boxing. I mean, the Vinnie Paz story is more than just a boxing story, but there are fight scenes, and you need to get those scenes right. So particularly coming at it, as we talked about, as not necessarily a massive aficionado of boxing, yeah. how did you approach that? Um, the conditions that I was given to shoot it, those determine how, how I approached it. So we had one day to shoot each of those fights, which I don't know if that sounds like a lot or a little, but most boxing films recently would have five days per fight. So everything you saw in that last fight, including the background where he's, you know, he's shadow boxing, we shot that all in one single day. Um, so when you've got that kind of time constraint, you're, you're very limited to how you're going to shoot it. The way I tried to do it was we did longer takes for those first, the first fight. When he fights Mayweather, you'll see more of a sequence, right? So he's against the ropes. They move to the middle. They grapple. They move to the other side of the ropes. By the time we got to, to uh, Duran, the last fight, it's the, the sort of pacing is very accelerated. That's both by design, but also both because, but also because we didn't have the time and because our boxing coordinator got knocked the F out on the last day by the pro boxer who this man was fighting. Like, actually, me and Miles are having a conversation. I turn around, and he's on the floor because the pro boxer who we hired took a pro fight the week before the shoot, even though he swore to me six weeks earlier, I'm not going to fight until we shoot, and then got the numbers wrong. So one's a jab, two's an uppercut, three's a body blow, and they were running through an exercise. Miles and I having a conversation, and he caught, I guess he heard the wrong number and knocked our guy out. <laughs> So this is, this is a very sort of grizzled old guy who's trained sugar to let Ray Leonard. And this is not a softie. He got up and he went, we're done. Like, this, he's going to kill Miles. I looked at Miles and I was like, oh my God, I can take him. Let's go. <laughs> I said, Bring dude, this on. is kind of dangerous, but it's our last day. And he's like, yeah, let's see what we can do before I get knocked out. Working with boxers. It's like it should be, what, children, animals, and boxers. That's it. Amazing. I mean, the other physical thing which is going on, and there's obviously, in a way, more of the story, is the halo. I mean, how was... Because, yeah. yeah, we've talked about the physical transformation to become Vinny, but wearing the halo, yeah. obviously, you haven't got it... You know, it's not exactly the same as we see on screen, but it's still... It's a piece of kit to be Yeah, and, um, you know, like Ben said, we filmed the movie in, you know, 25 days and, you know, a couple million dollars, and I feel like if this was a, a studio film, you would have had a lot of fittings. With this thing, it would have been pretty uh, comfortable, but this, our prop girl basically went to a hospital, got the device. Uh, I had one fitting, and then on whatever day, we're filming with it. And it's, it's uh, yeah. It, did, it's, it didn't fit. No, well, <laughs> it, it, it's, it was just tough because you're, uh, you're, it's not, there's not a lot of time, so usually it's on kind of wrong, and you're, you're just next compressed. You're, you know, it's really hard to be like super chill 
or like really relaxed when you're just like this the whole day. And uh, so you'd be in that thing, you know, 12 hours a day. And the, but the whole thing is like, you know, Vinny isn't just kind of sitting around with this thing. He's doing all this physical activity. And if people see this device move, well, then your suspension of disbelief is gone. People understand, oh, it's not actually screwed in your head. Right. So we put little, you know, very tiny kind of rubber stoppers on the end of each one, but we just had to put it in my head so much. I remember I had these dents. I could, honestly, I could tell her where to put it based on like, no, okay, you're in the, you're in the groove. And, uh, but yeah, it was, you know, it was really uncomfortable, but then it's just really, man, it's so amazing. Cause you, as an actor, sometimes you, you do, you get like a, well, you do, you get a first person perspective on um, this person's profession and, and their life and having that thing on and then, uh, feeling like I could work out in this. I could, uh, I could bench press in this, not, not gonna stop me. It was just really, uh, it was painful and it, it was terrible, but I, like, I think to show that part in, in Vinny's life and to slow things down and uh, you know, delve into that to me was, was some of my favorite, you know, my favorite part of the, the movie. I mean, could you get in and out of it relatively quickly though? I'm just wondering, I have this vision of you at like craft services and having your lunch with. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, well, A, I wasn't eating. B, I wasn't eating any food. <laughs> right. I couldn't eat anything really. Okay. And then you're in this thing. So yeah, it's kind of stressful, but you you love it. You just feel like you're making something. Uh, and it's this guy's life, man. I was I was I was not going to complain about anything when, you know, like this this guy went through it for real. Sure. I'm doing it, a, you know, a couple couple of days. Sure. I mean, the boxing movie is, is a genre unto itself, and there's been so many just completely unforgettable movies made within that genre. Is that daunting to you guys when you start making this film, or is that challenging? Is that, I mean, how does that feel to be entering that kind of that well, pool? Yeah, it's hallowed ground, and then throw on top of it Martin Scorsese as your exact producer. He made a good boxing movie. What was that called? I've not, apparently, little yeah, movie, yeah. Little Raging Bull, sure yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we had a lot of pressure. I mean, he, you had the actors before you who have played boxers and to an incredible, and you had the trainers. I mean, it's, it's a storied tradition, uh, rich tradition in Hollywood of people playing boxers and trainers and that relationship, what that interplay is like. It worked out for me well because Miles and Aaron uh, worked on Rabbit a whole together. That was Miles' first film. So there was already a bit of a paternal <laughs> interaction between them that I didn't have to help um, you know, push along. Is that paternal? I mean, that's the word that was just used. Is that true? Between the two of you, paternal? Is that I how think you describe so. your relationship? Aaron, your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were paternal, absolutely. Well, I feel, sure, I don't know if I feel paternal, but I feel, I feel I, a little bit of, I feel affection for Miles in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, I'm older than Miles, and um, I appreciate him. I think he's a wonderful actor, obviously, gives an amazing performance. and. And um, I like him, so I do feel paternal, and we do have so not paternal then. <laughs> but in yeah. that relationship, that that trainer fighter relationship, I mean, you know, Rooney, his son told us, you know, Kevin had dementia or has dementia, and still in the hospital. The the two guys that he talked about the most was Vinny and Tyson, because this guy, yeah, he's you know your your father figure in a way, and he's your, your friend and your your life coach and your nutritionist and your, you know, all of these, all of these things. That relationship is so special. That's something that I think Aaron and I both got once we were doing the research. Was like that guy is everything to you, and you spend so much time. And in real life, Rooney moved in with Vinny. Sure. Yeah. 
I've not mentioned this to them, but it's interesting when you see a movie 500 times that you've made, you start to look, you start to find things that nobody sees. And for some reason, one of the moments I like most is when it's a training montage and you're in the ring together and you're walking away and you just pat him on the back. So maybe I'm making more out of it than it is, but but I feel like Aaron's. I mean, if you think about it, this character of Vinny, and this was not by design, I sort of realized it after the fact, he has no arc, right? So Vinny's all in when you meet him. Mm -hmm. He's all in in the middle. He's all in at the end. He's an animal straight throughout. And it's Aaron and Kieran Hines who sort of crisscross through yeah, yeah. in the middle of the movie. What, he's sort of a paternal figure who's nervous about this kid, but pushes him along and then becomes a very tough trainer at the end, appropriately so. And a father who's just pushed his kid into the ring from the beginning who has to realize that the way to be a father is to step back and not participate. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't, it's interesting you say you hadn't really thought about that until now. I had not. Because now you mention it, yeah, it's true. I mean, you've almost, right to the, the very, the last coda with Vinny, I mean, it's almost like he's saying, I'm the same guy that I was back at the start of the movie, which is like, isn't that the golden rule? You're not, you know, movies have to be. Yeah, breaking rules, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't right, do characters with arcs. Right, okay. <laughs> I'm just like, just, just let me, headgear. right. I found my right spot, I'm gonna ride this to the end. I'm gonna do that from page one to 100. I know I've been monopolizing the conversation, I wanna open it up. Let me just quickly, before I do that, you mentioned in a very sort of casual, offhand way, Scorsese. Um, how did that come about that Scorsese ended up producing the movie? He did kind of disrespect Scorsese a little bit, I'm just saying. He did a let's, little let's, bit, let's, he disrespected him a little bit. <laughs> uh, Chad uh, uh, and Marty have a, um, a mutual friend, and uh, Chad has worked tirelessly to get this movie made. Um, so besides sort of bringing me on uh, and finding uh, our financiers also here, Joshua Sesson, one person wrote a check for this movie. I, I tell you these things because it makes a difference. That's sort of when I tell you how hard we worked and the one person, it's sort of when you don't have decisions by committee, I think you end up with something quite a bit more honest and real than what you would otherwise. Um, but Chad helped us out again. He had a, a connection to Marty, he brought us in. Scorsese had actually been wanting to talk to me about Boiler Room because he has a thing he does where he has his crew watch four or five movies before he starts on a new project to say, this is the tone, this is what we're going for. And he called me in to say that Boiler Room had been used as reference material for Wolf of Wall Street. And then he said, so tell me about this project you're working on that Chad brought you in for, and it checks off all his boxes. It's Italian-American, New England fight movie. He said, greatest story never told, actually said that to me in the room. He said, can I read it? And he called me two weeks later and said, I'm, I'm going to help you make this movie. So it is serendipitous. It is fairy tale. Like, the whole thing is crazy. I mean, But with know. Raging Bull, I just wonder, and I'm sorry, I will come in a second. I just wonder with Raging Bull, I mean, is that, because it has this huge iconic status, is that a movie yeah. that you actually almost deliberately turn away from and you don't think about Raging 100%. Bull? 100 percent. And when you try and hit that mark, you're just bound for failure. So uh, we had a woman fall on her face in the first two minutes, walking down a hallway and put rap music in. Sure, sure. Whatever you can do to not get compared to Scorsese. <laughs> you do. I get that, I get that. Ben, I wanted to ask you about the, the visual style of the movie, in, in one sense in particular, which is when you're down in the basement, because it almost feels at that point like there's a, you know, because obviously everything's being filmed with a camcorder, and that comes out, and it almost feels like visually that line's been blurred between, okay, so what's the camcorder footage and what's the movie? And I'm assuming that was something you did very deliberately. Yeah, so that's where Miles is. Uh, that's where Miles's brilliance actually uh, comes into play. What'd you say? 
Great. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, because we show archival footage in the middle of the movie. The fact that people are asking if it's real or what's Miles and what's Vinny means that he went above and beyond. And it allowed me to break a fourth wall, because you've seen that stuff at the end of movies all the time during the credits. But we cut directly from Miles to Vinny to Miles. The camcorder footage is actually Miles. People think it's Vinny. There are shots of Vinny uh, that people think are Miles. I mean, we just I could do whatever I wanted because he kept hitting his mark. So uh, yeah, I don't think that's been done quite in the way that, that, I was, that we did. And again, not by design. It was when I realized that he had done so much homework that I could even attempt that. I mean, you talked a little bit about locations already in terms of you know, going up to Rhode Island. But I mean, I think the thing which stuck, struck me was Rooney's gym. Because I mean, I've been in a couple of boxing gyms, and there's a very particular smell that a boxing gym has that you don't get anywhere else on earth. And it's almost like in the movie. And this is a compliment. No, you no, can no. almost smell that, you know, on the screen. So um, again, I mean, I'm guessing that was that was quite a specific decision that you went there to that kind of godforsaken gym. Yeah, that, the nice thing about sh making a movie about something that happened is there's a, a there's a wealth of, uh, in this case, there was video footage. Uh, Vinny was an animal who was very fond of himself. So there was a lot of videotape, a lot of interviews. He kept everything. So I sort of was able to reassemble this life of his from the family table to, I mean, look, I showed the movie to Vinny. He had a very big emotional reaction. He cried through much of the film, but it wasn't in the moments where you'd expect. It wasn't during the car crash. It was at the table. It was when like, his father had a tender moment with him or his mother at the shrine, because he couldn't believe that we recreated that to the extent that we had. Please do raise your hand if you have a question about this fascinating film. Hey, um, I'm part of one of BAFTA's emerging schemes for young producers. That's really oh, you thank are. you for BAFTA for letting us be here tonight. But my question for the panel was, um, you've got such, well, particularly Ben, you've got such incredible talent attached to your movie. I mean, it's a dream of a young producer to get one person to write a $6 million check, but to get the talent is a whole other thing in itself. And I just was curious if perhaps Alex could talk to us about what attracted you to the movie, but also like how, how did you do that? Because often I think scripts get stopped by agents before they even get read. So <laughs> I was wondering if you could give some insight, especially for the young filmmakers who are here, about how, your process. About the, pro the casting process? Yeah, please. Um, it is, uh, so you know, it's a bear. I mean, you, you, you have money. And by the way, Josh was here. You can ask him for money after this. <laughs> um, he's just writing checks now. It's great. Uh, yeah, either, you, you know, it's like you have, it's a chicken or the egg thing. You have the cash, you can go get talent. If you have talent, you can get cash. Uh, we had neither. Um, so my advice is get Martin Scorsese to exec produce your movie. No, it's impossible. Uh, I was lucky in that there's a woman named Tracy Brennan who represents both of these fellows. Um, and she saw this as a, as a viable pairing and frankly pushed me toward it. Um, and didn't take much because I, I thought it was a great idea. But I don't know if it's one I would have thought of on my own. Um, but doing it on your own as an independent producer, I, I don't know. I mean, there's a reason. There are other reasons I didn't make a movie for 12 years, and some of them fall into that question. Uh, it is a bear. I wish I had a great, better answer for you. It's just, I feel like so much of it is luck. Please. Back. I'm uh, just wondering, um, obviously you make a two-hour movie, it's years of somebody's life. In order to tell the truth, you have to tell a few lies and cut a few corners and, and basically change what actually happened to make it you know, understandable in a couple of hours and dramatic, of course, as well. I'm just wondering what uh, what changes you could tell us about, you know, to sort of... So Vinny was never in a car accident, never broke his neck. <laughs> <laughs> he won all five titles straight in a row. Uh, 
it was more about omission than it was embellishment in this movie. Uh, in fact, the embellishment went the other way, like I said, about his training, but also Kieran Hines not presenting uh, Angelo Pazienza as much as the caricature that he was in real life. You saw that, that shot of him at the end. He's the born fighter. I mean, that's how the guy was. If, if, Aaron, if, if uh, Kieran had sort of represented that character, I don't think you'd have found it very believable. So there weren't a lot of embellishments. We've had to pull back to make it more believable. Um, and as far as omissions, like I said, nothing from that time period was omitted. Um, Vinny had a little bit of an illustrious moments personally afterwards, but not during that time. He really never drank or smoked uh, or did drugs or anything then. Um, so, nope. he, he didn't take any drugs for the, the halo removal, and that's always something people have a hard time believing. But right. He just, you know, I think you, you know from his personality, or he knew anyway, that if he were to have a drink or do any kind of drug, that that would, uh, you know, he'd be all in with that as well. Yeah, if there was a guy who didn't need drugs, it's yeah. A big omission was just how endemic the uh, gambling was in Vinny's life. I mean, he gambled. They say he made uh, $6 million in salary, and he lost $8 million in the casino. Uh, that's probably not even an embellishment. The, I, the guy gambled like, like you can't imagine. And there was a whole section of that, and I just couldn't, I couldn't fit it all in. Uh, but his father once said to him about the gambling, Vinny, you bleed for this money. You gotta stop gambling. So I just thought, bleed for this, yeah. One of the, yeah, an omission as far as the gambling goes, the first fight of the movie is Vinny against Roger Mayweather. And Vinny told me that he got paid 250 grand for the fight. The night before the fight, he bet 100 grand on himself. <laughs> and then he lost. <laughs> Isn't it usually? But it's like you love the illegal. guy. Yeah, right. And also, it's usually, illegal. It's also illegal. But <laughs> Highly people, illegal. But people do it, it like is. the other way around because it's like you bet on yourself to lose because then at least if you lose, you make like yeah, you right. lost as well. Yeah, exactly. So that's a yeah, but that's illegal and dumb as well. <laughs> he's not. I'm just hoping that he's not here tonight because this is like the second time that I've said something offensive. Yeah. Right. Um, yes. I want to ask about the car crash. Uh, again, limited funds. It's amazing. Uh, I Scorsese said, "I'll give you my my um, my uh, stunt coordinator." I was like, "Great, we're getting all the goodies, right?" I told him what I wanted to do, and he said, "That's three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars, the crash you just described." And I said, "That's like a fifth of our budget, uh, so total budget." So he said, "Yeah, I can't help you." Um, so yeah, we had to. I mean, we went film school, not even graduate film school. You went undergrad film school, so we parked. Two cars next to each other, and then got a stunt driver in the in the um, BMW to reverse as fast as he could, and then we reversed the film, so it looks like he's coming at them. <laughs> Not kidding. And then the overhead, uh, I'm a drone aficionado. I like playing with drones, and I just thought I once taped an iPhone to the bottom of my drone and watched my dog run around the, the yard. <laughs> and I thought that would be cool. I've never seen that before. But then the actual cars you saw hit—that's a guy named Lee Moore Shore who owns a company called Eyeball. He's a friend, and he did, that's all digital. Obviously, a lot of effort went into the film, but I just wondered as an actor, did you find preparing for this as difficult as Whiplash, or are they just completely different? Uh, it's funny, I was talking to, to Aaron about this earlier, and you know, when people, you know, when you guys, or anybody sees a film with an actor, they don't know that uh, you just finished something uh, really intense, and you had, uh, you know, two weeks, or maybe you had three weeks in between, between or in my case, I've actually ended up kinding, uh, having to film like two movies at the same time before. Uh, Whiplash, I had you know, two and a half weeks to, to learn how to you know, jazz drum. And I was a rock drummer, but director didn't know that. But 
two and a half weeks to go from rock drumming to jazz, like, you know, and not much time. With this, I had, I mean, I, I, I had about seven months, but like I said, I had to film two movies in between. And then once I finished those two movies, I had about six weeks before this. And for, I think, three of those weeks, I was with Whiplash here for the BFI Fest. And then we had to go to France and Deauville and all these different places. So with my actual boxing trainer, I only had, you know, four or five weeks. But just in terms of total commitment, I mean, yes, eight months of dieting and nutrition and then accent dialect and all of these things I had never done before in a movie. I hadn't done an accent. I had never done any kind of like physical transformation. I had never, uh, you know, boxing, I don't care what you're portraying in a film, if you're a chef or you're a ping pong player, like five weeks with somebody is not, you're not a professional in anything, let alone a five-time world champion. So this, hands down, was uh, absolutely the most I had kind of, um, you know, contributed, I felt, you know, to a character. But I, I love the, I always love when I see actors like gain weight or do an accent or do something weird or do, I also have all the, all of us have like saw this, the funniest moments in the trailer. You got Ted Levine shoving all these like uh, piece of wax in his lip and I'm shoving rubber hoses up my nose and it was just like, it was great. Man. I, just, I, I honestly loved all of it, but it was, it was about, yeah, it was a long time. I'm gonna take the final question. I mean. Obviously, many actors have played boxers, and sometimes it gets into their blood. So Daniel Day-Lewis, who was in The Boxer, and apparently he was good enough to turn pro. Mickey Rourke did turn pro, and obviously he went Mickey from Mickey would be boxing. training at a Freddie Roach's gym. Yeah, I'd see Mickey bouncing around. So I'm just wondering, I mean, you touched on this earlier, but I mean, just so we're clear, any chance of a pro fight in the near future? Against actors. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go up against a couple of... Uh, he yeah, threatened me earlier. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, ben. And I, I mean, backed right down. Of course, of course. We're going to leave it there because there's going to be fisticuffs. Um, thank you. Um, and please join me in thanking Arnett Clark, Ben Younger, Miles Keller. Thanks, Dan. No,